a hotly anticipated biotech deal, an IPO that wasn't, and big data fights Ebola because this is where the money is. Hi, fools. Welcome to Where the Money Is. I am healthcare analyst David Williamson, and I'm joined by my fellow healthcare analyst at arms, Michael Douglas. Michael, how are you doing? Fantastic. Well, we're happy to uh, be back live with you. Uh, we're running shorter shows mm-hmm. now, so Michael and I, we do have a tendency to run long. So I guess so. we have to be snappy for now on. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're going to do our best to keep it uh, compact and tight. We have some really interesting headlines for you. Uh, we really wanted to just sort of focus in on the top stories in healthcare, uh, whether they be stock-focused or sort of broader global-focused. Mm-hmm. Let's just start with some individual stocks. Uh, one of the things I teased was the hottest deal of the week, and that's Sanofi, the big pharma, is going to pay mankind up to $925 million for their inhaled insulin, Afreza. This is the only available inhaled insulin out there. Uh, Mankind shares uh, actually haven't really been faring that well, though. They were up, what, 5% and then uh, fell 12% the next day. Yeah, well, I think part of that is people looked at the at the um, at the deal and some of the, the really, terms of the deal. some of the really bullish mankind investors I think maybe saw to some extent when you do a commercialization deal with a big pharma it caps some of your upside potential and that's part of the deal right mm-hmm. so Sanofi gave uh, mankind 150 million dollars up front which is great because cash burn's been a concern for mankind yep. certainly something we've talked about um, and then they're getting 65 uh, percent of the profits and mankind's getting 35 percent Sanofi's covering the commercial regulatory and uh, development costs, and they're also advancing Mankind a $175 million loan to also kind of help deal with Defray some costs, yep. Initially. Um, so what that means is, you know, if Afreza made a billion dollars man, uh, in profit, Mankind would only get $350 million. $350 yep. Um, to some extent, that's kind of part of the deal, you know what I mean? That's yep. kind of how that works. How did you feel about the deal? Well, I, I, I think you're right about, I think it sets expectations yeah. maybe to a more realistic place. I and mean, we saw mm-hmm. shares of, of Mankind really sore, right? Um, They're up 40% year-to-date, and that's even after just falling 25% this last month. Uh, So, I mean, really just a tremendous run of mankind stock Mm -hmm. uh, over the last couple of years, you know, ever since it was sort of lost in the regulatory woods after having to run another Phase 3 trial for Afreza with the Dreamboat inhaler. But I I think when you take a look at a stock now, I mean, it's trading. If this peak sales have been estimated around a billion dollars, right? So if you take peak sales of, you know, maybe let's say 35% of that, and they're trading at sort of 10x that number. Um, I, that seems high. Now, they also have a GLP-1 version they're going to mm-hmm. be working on, which, which will be interesting to see. Uh, I think there's still some concerns about, you know, adoption in general, mm-hmm. quite frankly. No, I, I think that's, that's a fair call. And at the end of the day, whenever you begin a commercialization like this, there's going to be a significant yep. amount of, of uh, execution risk. That said, Sanofi... Great partner. A fantastic partner is a great... Um, it's a great diabetes uh, company, and so they bring a lot of credibility to this. Yeah, we've been really following the Mankind story uh, pretty closely. I think we're actually probably, you know, this is really the last big milestone up until we start really getting some quarterly sales data. Yeah. But now it just becomes another drug launch, and, the, and they're partnered with a big pharma. So it's not like they're going this alone. Uh, yes, that upside is capped. But this is a company that probably wasn't prepared to launch this drug alone, so there was always going to be some sort of deal. Absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to a less fortunate story for investors, yep. and that is Dendrion. Now, this is a stock that was down 34% in a single day this week. <laughs> uh, it's been down 70% over the last two years. 
they basically had an updated filing that said it was really likely that their shareholders are going to be wiped out. Yeah, so, so and, and we've been beating the drum on this for a little while, looking at Dendrion's uh, sales of Provenge. It's a prostate cancer vaccine. Absolutely. And, um, you know, those sales have been ticking up a little bit. They've also done a good job of trying to manage It was, what, $82 million in the last quarter? Something like that, which was a little bit better than we've been seeing for the last several quarters. That said, still kind of plateaued. Um, but when you, look at, when you look at their numbers, they've done a good job of managing their costs. They're still running at a, at a loss, and they're still burning cash. And when you look, then, at the amount of cash they have on hand, which is about $137 million in cash, investments. Mm-hmm. And then in 2016, they've got $620 million of notes coming yep. due. And basically what they said was, and I'm quoting here, quote, a significant risk that, uh, ellipses, we will not be able to repay or refinance the 2016 notes. And they talked about the considering alternatives, including alternatives that could result in leaving our current stockholders with little or no financial ownership of Dendry. Yeah, little would be massive dilution, yeah. no would be declaring bankruptcy to get around this. Yeah. Uh, neither alternative is really good. I mean, you look, they have reduced cash burn significantly. Substantially. You know, it, was, uh, it was over $200 million, now it's a little over $100 million, but it, it, they're just not going to bend that fast enough. This is a drug that didn't launch. Mm-hmm. These uh, This $620 million payment was built in with a successful launch in mind mm-hmm. uh, for being able to uh, end up paying it off. That's not going to happen now. Um, you know, there is some value to this drug, mm-hmm. but uh, given its unique development, um, how it has to be tailored for each patient, uh, it's just not, you don't see the traditional high margins yeah. you see in pharma. And it's got really tough competition. Johnson & Johnson, Zytiga, Medivation's Extandi. Anastalysis too, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, it's a really tough space. You know, we, you know I think you wrote an article on it the other day. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it's, it's not – this isn't a bad news buy opportunity. It's, no. it's sort of like a third rail. You just don't want to touch it. Yeah. Um, it yeah. This is not one of those Warren Buffett contrarian moments. This is uh, – that 34%, if anything, might be a little underdone. Exactly. Um, this is really an official warning of the future. And you and I have been talking about this debt payment for a while, so mm-hmm. it doesn't come as a surprise to us. But it clearly caught some people off guard in the market to, to cause a 30% plunge yes. plus plunge in a single day. For sure. All right, well, let's move on to our next story, which is another biotech stock, <laughs> but, but one you can't buy or sell. You can look it up, though. Uh, it trades under the ticker VBLX, and it's, or it doesn't trade under it, I suppose. It's Vascular Biogenics, and um, it is an Israeli company. It had a disappointing IPO. It priced it below its targeted range. It came in at $12 and then traded lower, mm-hmm. so it was really a busted IPO, uh, and it turns out that there was no IPO at all here, Michael. <laughs> well, it, it's very strange. So, so basically, they traded for, I think, six days. Yep. And then they announced... A little uh, over a trading week. Right. So then they announced Friday that actually those shares, they're not issuing them after all because uh, a major shareholder who mm-hmm. had committed to buying shares didn't end up coming through with the payment. Yep. Strange. I've never really heard of this. The people... In the, in the articles I were reading, you know, we're like, well, we've never really seen this before. It's not really a great look, though, for the underwriters, which are the lead ones were Deutsche Bank yep. and Wells Fargo. This stuff really needs to be rock solid yeah. uh, ahead of time. Um, you know, it, it, it's a tough going. You know, reading about the company, it looks like they really did need the funding to keep going. It's a private company company again yeah um <laughs> it wasn't briefly I guess. yes it wasn't it wasn't briefly uh it'll be interesting to see what happens there maybe they try to to go public again in a little bit they had sort of uh gone through uh a, a slightly different route than most public companies go mm-hmm. due, due to some legislation changes right they, they'd sort of 
kind of snuck it in um, yep. because they're allowed to do that, and then suddenly, oops, everything kind of blows up on them. Um, I mean, no one was harmed by no. this because they're just going to reverse all those trades so everyone right. will get their money back. Uh, there really isn't too much investing takeaway other than, you know, be careful out there, I, I, I guess. You know, biotech <laughs> IPOs are certainly volatile. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen a rush of them. They're not all, you know, some of them have really popped, but there have been a lot of busted IPOs in the biotech range. And, and this, had they not recalled and, and voided out all those trades, would have been another busted IPO. So mm-hmm. I think it's better for investors to not just try to get the hot new issue and try to find solid companies that, that they can believe in with strong pipelines that are, that are doing well. There's plenty of good stocks out there. As per usual, do your due diligence. Yep. You know, think carefully. Do your research. Don't just be a retail investor and just you know, sort of buy a stock on the rumor. Mm-hmm. Well, let's move on to some Medicaid news. And uh, this came uh, courtesy of Reuters, and it says new Medicaid enrollment tops 7 million under Obamacare. It's actually 7.2 million, and this is in the 26 of the 50 states that have expanded Medicaid. Yeah, and uh, what and what a difference you saw, right? So uh, among states that did expand, you had an 18.5% surge in Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that didn't, you had only a 4% surge. Of course, the question is, well, wait a minute, if no new people came... Uh, you know, suddenly got eligible for Medicaid. Why was there a surge at all in these states? And the answer is it's this woodwork effect um, that we've been we've been talking about and people have been identifying and seeing for a while. Which is basically when Medicaid suddenly gets in the news, people are talking about it, what the eligibility is, what it isn't. Then suddenly you have people who have been eligible saying, "Oh, wait a minute, I am eligible." Yeah, yeah. Um, I should. This seems like a. Why not? Right? Yeah. Like this is this is a good idea. Um, it's interesting because I think one of the things people don't realize, investors don't realize about Medicaid, it's actually bigger than Medicare. So, you know, when people talk about, well, you know, you want to invest in Medicare Advantage or you want to get involved in Medicare Part D, well, Medicaid's actually bigger. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, now, while it's managed differently state by state, so things are a little different, the market is a little bit more fragmented because of that and because um, you have different companies sort of managing different contracts in different states. Um, it's still a, a really interesting, exciting, relatively low margin, but pretty consistent margin business. Yeah, you do have reimbursement pressures, obviously, yeah. from the government, but there is upside as well because only about half the country is really gone full on with Medicaid expansion, mm-hmm. uh, which has resulted in a little over 10 million uh, new. Oh, that's through the marketplaces as well, through Medicaid. But we have seen uninsured rates drop pretty dramatically, mm-hmm. um, and we have seen. Uh, was this unpaid care decreased 30% in Medicaid expansion states. Right. And we've seen the hospital stocks really benefit in those Medicaid expansion states as well. Right, and, and, and one thing that, that some of them have, have done a good job of doing, I think HCA uh, talked about this some <clears throat> on their calls. They said, well, listen, you, know, you look at the Medicaid expansion states, our charity care, our un- uncompensated care, dropped dramatically. You mm-hmm. look at our non-Medicaid expansion states, they actually increased. You know, we had more people not able to pay their bills, or the same number, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it really does make a, a pretty significant business difference. You know, these public policy things do really have substantial um, um, Impact. effects, yeah. yeah, impacts on real businesses, real people in the market. And so it's something we want to watch very closely, um, especially as the drumbeat continues for further Medicaid expansion in those states that have not so far gone that way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, I think, when the exchanges open back up. And keep in mind, just because they're they're quote-unquote closed doesn't mean we're not seeing action. Apparently, about a million more people have enrolled through the exchanges due to you know various reasons where you're still allowed to enroll that way. Sure, and things like that, sure. Exactly. Uh, but I think we'll see more data about the states that have expanded Medicaid and, and how much better 
the hospitals and, and the uninsured rate is in those states, and there'll be increased pressure on the states that haven't expanded to do so. But it'll be interesting to watch going into the fall and uh, throughout the year. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our final story, which goes from a a U.S. We've been a very U.S.-focused show to to a global show. Uh, Obviously, the uh, Ebola outbreak is really on a lot of people's minds. There's been over 1,000 people killed by this outbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, But it turns out big data actually spotted uh, the outbreak nine days before the WHO declared it an emergency. Right, so it's it's this... uh uh, website called Health Map. It's a joint project of the Harvard Medical School and Boston Children's Hospital. Um, and what they what they called it was the, sort of, and I quote, this mystery hemorrhagic fever mm-hmm. uh, in southeastern Guinea. Um, again, before the WHO announced that epidemic, um, this this um, I mean, it's a tool that basically scrapes data off everything from the internet, from like social media to to sort of news sites to health sites. Government websites, yep. just everything, and sort of collates it and looks at it. And you really think that long-term, I mean, these are the sorts of opportunities we could have in big data, sort of dealing with epidemiology. Um, you know, imagine if we could have identified, if we could identify a flu outbreak before it gets serious. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And, and, and start practicing some of that preventative uh, preventative medicine. Well, because it could really contain mm-hmm. diseases in the future. You know, o- Ebola, thankfully, is tough to spread. Yeah. Um, so it, it's been relatively contained, but but it could have been contained further, mm-hmm. potentially, if it's caught early on. We talk a lot about big data in terms of personalized medicine and wearables, but it's sort of interesting to see it make a larger macro impact here as well. And, and it speaks to the potential of it going forward. Absolutely. Well, especially with these sort of to some extent, high-risk, high-reward things. I mean, you know, Ebola has historically had a really high mortality rate. Now, today it's not, this particular outbreak hasn't been, quote, as bad. I mean, we're talking 50s and 60 percent mortality rates, as opposed to in the past we've seen as high as 90 and Mm -hmm. 90 plus. But um, there's a real opportunity here to to directly save lives if we can get better data, uh, you know, get better tools, get better reporting, get better communication, and keep moving forward in it. Yep. Well, and in terms of saving lives, we're seeing some advancements there as well. Uh, you know, there was a drug called ZMAP by a company called MAP Biopharmaceuticals. It has mm-hmm. a commercialization arm called Leaf Bio. These, this is a private San Diego company, and they're basically out mm-hmm. of the drug. They said, you know, our supply is done. Um, you know, we hope you can use what we gave you for free uh, to the best of your ability. Right. Um, but... Uh, beyond that, and it was actually used by the two Americans who were infected over there, and, and mm-hmm. they seem to be doing better, and they've, they've come back over here for further treatment. Um, but it looks like GlaxoSmithKline of, of the big pharmas, which is really trying to be a vac- known as a vaccine company, is at the head of the movement. This uh, is the time to prove it. It is the time to prove it. They have a vaccine that's only been tested in animals, mm-hmm. and they're going to rush it through development, yeah. so it might be available in, in less than a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the WHO actually, and that's what was part of what was interesting because, of course, to some extent, you expect a company to be like, well, you know, we've got this vaccine, we're going to rush it through. We had the WHO saying, we expect perhaps this to get out in 2015. So that says that you already have kind of a lot of public pressure and a lot of pressure from experts behind it. Yeah, it looks like Glaxo is going to conduct a, basically a small human trial. Yeah. As long as nothing goes wrong there, they're going to just, you know, make it available for the world market. You know, in terms of investors, it, it's tough because. 
I don't know how much they can charge for something like this yeah. uh, because of the, the public health need. Mm -hmm. But uh, the market potential, obviously, is, is large because in, in these countries where there's outbreaks, everyone should be vaccinated. Right. Well, and, and, and also, I think for GlaxoSmithKline, it's an optics issue. Yep. Um, I think it's more optics than anything else. They can get away from the fact they've had a lot of difficulty. You know, uh, WTMI listeners know we've talked extensively about Breolepto, Noralepto, um, their problems with Advair. Sort they of had things. a bad quarter. Yeah, the COPD issues, the bad quarter, the China scandals. Um, this is a chance for them to kind of have something that everyone can get behind. Mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully, and uh, speaking not as an investor, speaking as a person, hopefully this thing works. Yep. Because that would be I think fantastic. we're all rooting for it. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you for watching and listening to Market Checkup. We will uh, see you for the Healthcare Edition next week. And I believe the energy show is coming up tomorrow. So stay tuned for that as well. And fool on.